Welcome back to the Around the League podcast presented by Roster Up Media. Rob, Thanksgiving week, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, man, to you and all the listeners out there, all the Roster Up Media family, man. Thankful to be part of this. Oh, yeah. Giving thanks right off the bat. I love it. Oh, you <laughs> yeah. got a favorite dish? Firing off thanks. Um, okay. So I talked to, to uh, my girlfriend about this today. I think that cranberry sauce is underrated. I think it makes the whole meal. And my least favorite hot take is stuffing. I don't know about you. No, I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's I think that it's a very hot take. take. I think people love stuffing. People overrate stuffing. I'm not a stuffing guy. I, I think they're I think they think they love stuffing. <laughs> so that I, that's, that's what I think. It's just breadcrumbs, man. It's just like mashed up breadcrumbs, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it, it's not even that great. I never eat it ever. I pass over it. Like I, I've got my couple dishes that I go for, I love, and I just load up on those. You know, those yeah. those ones that are literally someone just trying to sell the product for Thanksgiving. You know, there's some there's some good things on Thanksgiving that just aren't that good, but there's also the, some of the best dishes of the year. So I don't oh, yeah. I don't think stuffing. I, I think people probably would consider that a hot take, but I think they're convinced they love it. I don't yeah. think they actually do. What do you think about well, turkey? Do you? I I, I, I like I love great. turkey. I love you it. love turkey. Yeah, and um, I just yeah, I love turkey. I, I don't know who do you think's gonna get the uh, Thanksgiving. It's football turkey this year. They give those huge-ass turkey legs at the end of each game. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's going to be our predictions. What yeah, we... who's getting the turkey? That's That should be the podcast title this week. Josh Allen after he throws for four touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. I hope that game is like 49 to like 35, like something crazy. I would just love to see that. And I think you know it's funny. Be. He played like statistically, I think his worst game of the year, and they beat the living piss out of Cleveland. Like they played bad. That was such a weird game. Yeah, it was a very weird game. Like they played bad, and you know, you flip over there around halftime, and then throughout the third quarter, it's like not even a sweat. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah, I was tuned into the Jets game, which was abysmal. But um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to hear my rant, go check out Jet Up. I was on there today with them, um, with James, and I went off. But, I mean, we both did, and pretty much all of Jets Nation did after that game. But I was tuned into that on Sunday for the whole game. Um, but I was getting updates as, as the other games went on. And, yeah, the Bills was just like – it was like a weird score back and forth. I mean, not that it was really back mm-hmm. and forth, but I just remember I counted it pretty much over the start of the second half. I just It was like a – just an odd game, but nothing we didn't really expect. We, I think we both expected them to come out of, out of that game with a win. And that was a weird, weird circumstance in Detroit. I mean, that was a whole weird thing. Getting the bill, were they going to be able to get to the airport and whatever else? But they came out with a win, and they're back in Detroit this Thursday. Uh, back-to-back weeks in Detroit. Yeah, that was, that was a super game. They're probably just tired from shoveling snow. I know, I know I said they beat the piss out of them, but... I forgot it was like an eight-point game because Cleveland got two garbage-time touchdowns. Yeah. I yeah. totally forgot about that. I was like 31-23, but, I mean, they got a couple garbage-time touchdowns um, from Don- Donovan Peoples-Jones and then Amari Cooper as well. So that game was 28-10 to uh, late in the fourth and then ended up being 31-23 after a couple of those. Um, but the point is, like, that's just why we think the Bills are elite. Like, I, I think they played a bad game. And 
after that first quarter, it was never in doubt. Like they were mm-hmm. down 10-3, I believe, at one point. Um, and uh, let's look at the scoring here. We were 7-3. Yeah, they were down 10-3. Once they got that touchdown just before halftime, that was pretty much all, all she wrote, you know, once they got Diggs and Allen going. Um, but like I said, one of the uh, worst games for Josh Allen. And, uh, you know, he still was able to uh, deliver the win. I know on the flip side of that, uh, you talked about going off on the Jet Up podcast. That was actually a great listen. I listened to that earlier. Um, you know, I think I'll, I'll really add to that is, uh, um, you know, to, to your quote, uh, you, you got to be consistent in this league. Um, you can't, you can't be consistently mediocre as a, as a quarterback. And so many people continuously wanting to give, uh, Wilson a second chance. I mean, not only do you have, need to just look at what he's doing and watch him, but if you just look at the n- numbers, he's terrible. You know, like it, the numbers back up what you're saying. He holds onto the ball too long. His guys are open. He doesn't read defenses. He looks skittish back there. Like he, he just, it's really mm-hmm. bad. I hope, I hope the Jets can, you know, I don't, and, and even just the ownership. That was the most alarming part. Like you were talking about, you got to take ownership. Uh, you got to have some level of accountability there. And uh, he has not had that. So I think uh, there in the AFC East, you see uh, how Josh Allen is, just been accountable even in poor performances and uh, continue to improve. And I think you see that throughout um, uh, the Bills organization. You see uh, you see that resonate across the board even when they have a bad day. Like, it's it's almost tough to affect them. Um, you know, and it, it makes even the Jets win that much crazier a couple weeks ago as bad as Zach Wilson has been. But, again, all of that's been in spite of Zach Wilson. But that's pretty yeah. much all I'll say on the Jets. We know that defense is elite. Uh, we know that's a super talented team, super talented roster, and Wilson is—he's uh, he, not it, man. I mean, not just mechanics, but attitude would have to change dramatically. And then on the flip side of the AFCs, the Bills—I uh, think they do hang a lot of points on Detroit this week in a dome. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun one to watch, and uh, hopefully, he can snag a turkey leg. But um, let's talk about this Chiefs-Chargers game a little bit. Talk about these two teams because that was one. Uh, I know you mentioned before the show, you and I were texting quite a bit about on uh, Sunday evening. And we've talked before about, you know, the Chargers have Herbert. We both think Herbert is great. Like, even though they're sitting at five and five, I believe now um, are the Chargers. Herbert looks great when they unleash him. I mean, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the game. I mean, I, I would put him up against Josh Allen as a deep ball thrower. Uh, I think he's, he's great to watch. And the Chargers just always as an organization seem to come out mediocre. Like they're sitting at five and five. They just give away these opportunities. I feel like they've, I know they beat the Chiefs, I think early in the season last year. September was, was able to upset them in a big win. But for the most part, they just always, are like a little brother to them. They make it competitive, keep it close, but they can knock it over the hump. Like, I don't, is, is there another organization in the league that can't get over the hump like the Chargers can't when they have talent? I don't know. I, I, maybe not quite as much as the Chargers. I think it's it's a team that we come in every year and it feels like we have, you know, high expectations. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of still sticking by it that I think they could still squeak into the playoffs. But um, I think the expectations were a lot higher. And I think the expectations were a mm-hmm. lot higher for every team in this division. Um, and we're really only seeing the success from the Chiefs. 
I think the Chargers have won a couple really close ones against teams that maybe we look at that aren't that great. Um, but they've dealt with the injury bug a whole lot. I mean, Mike Williams played a couple downs the other night and got hurt again. And it's like, that's been the demise of this team. Joey Bosa is still out. Um, that's, that's the type of guy you need on the defensive line to put pressure on Mahomes, to make him make quick decisions. And he's probably the best in the NFL at making those quick decisions, but you have to make him do it. Uh, if you want to stand a chance, you can't give him time to sit back in the pocket and to go after guys like Travis Kelsey and whoever else is on the field. Cause I know some of the other guys are, uh, are injured as well on the chiefs receiving core, but uh, man, I, I, I do love watching Herbert. I, I think that first drive was like the perfect example of what Herbert is capable of on that deep ball. I mean, it was, I think two or three plays in just through an absolute missile down the field, perfectly thrown, looked so fluent, like nothing. Like it was just absolute butter and fell right into the guy's hands and he he walked into the end zone. So Herbert is so capable of doing that. Um, I think we saw him look really comfortable in the beginning of that game with Keenan Allen back. And um, I think he's just missing his weapons. I think he's a guy that is really good, but I think he's also a guy that needs weapons. Like if you put Herbert in Mahomes' situation where he loses loses his number one wide receiver, um, I think he would struggle a little bit, but he's shown so much success with Keenan Allen, so much success with Mike Williams. It's just these guys can't stay on the field, and I think that's honestly what's hurt them so much this year in particular. Um, but I still think they can sneak in. I do. So that might be the division that gets a couple teams in. I know there's a couple in the AFC um, that are looking at multiple teams from their division go to the playoffs. Um, AFC East is the big one and uh, AFC North, right, with the Bengals and the, the Ravens. So it's going to be really tight towards the end of this year, and, and I think it's fun. But it's, I mean, every game matters so much at this point in the AFC. The NFC is a little bit more open. Um, but the AFC, it's like you can't lose or you're going to fall so far behind. I mean, perfect example is the Jets last week. The Jets, if they won, they would have been first in their in their division, but they didn't lose, and now they're fourth in their division. It's like it's crazy mm-hmm. how tight it is. So um, this is the year in the AFC that you really need to play your best football come November, December, because it is tight as heck. And um, that's a perfect example of, of what the Chargers are going through. I think they can make it, but they're going to have to play really good football the rest of the year. The problem is we've seen this story numerous times. I'm going to read you the last few scores. So since 2019, when Mahomes took over, um, the Chiefs are 6-2 and two against the Chargers. And I'm going to read you off the scores um, and note that one of the wins, I believe, was when the Chiefs had it locked away. All right, so since 2019, here are the scores. Um, Chiefs 24, Chargers 17, 31-21, 23-20 in overtime. Then you move to January 2021. I think the Chiefs pretty much had the division away. They lost 38-21. So finally the Chargers get a win, um, specifically against Mahomes. Uh, then you fast forward to the beginning of last season. It was, I believe it was a Thursday night game. It was a big game for them. It, last year was where we thought the Chargers were going to start breaking through. We were really impressed with Staley. They got out to that really, really hot start. And since then, they've been mediocre, and it's kind of been frustrating to watch them. They won that game 30-24. to 24. Um, I can remember that was, that was just a fun one to watch. And then you go to the last three games. And again, here's what I mean going back to the little brother thing, and they can't get over the hump. 34-28 in overtime when they were uh, choking away the season last year and missing the playoffs. 24-27, 
they lost this year, 27-24 Chiefs, uh, early in the season, 30-27 to Sunday night. They lose again. They keep losing by these narrow, narrow margins. They just can't get over the hump. And what's crazier is even, you know, you look at the four or five years prior to that, um, they had one win against the Chiefs. The Chargers just can't get over the hump. I don't know what it is, especially as much turnover as we have in the NFL. It's almost improbable to see that happen consistently. Um, And some of these organizations where that seems to be persistent, I don't know what it is. It's like that type of... I. Second place, I don't know, not get over the hump, permeates the building or something. I, I, I don't know. Um, but not to go too deep into that, the point is the Chargers still can't get over the hump, and they haven't convinced me that they can. They're getting people healthy, and I think Keenan Allen definitely um, gave Herbert a boost. But like I said, Mike Williams went down immediately in that game. You know, high, came back too early from a high ankle sprain. And, you know, if history proves anything correctly, he's not going to be the same the rest of the season. He's going to need the offseason to get back to normal. So I think you can pretty much rule out having that weapon um, back at even 75, 80% health the rest of the season. And I mean, what are the charge? I think the Chargers are just going to be sitting there at nine and eight, 10 and seven in a super difficult AFC and do the same thing they did last year. And I, I don't know what the fix to that is. I don't know if it's Staley out of the building. I don't even know if Staley's truly the problem. Um, but the point is like, they've, they've got to get something fixed there. And we see the chiefs just, like you said, consistency, continually consistent, um, elite and Mahomes is missing a ton of weapons, just continues to do it. Finds Kelsey for three touchdowns. Um, and, and that's the consistent separator, which is ever impressive considering the amount of turnover that this league generates. So I don't know if you got any other thoughts on Chargers Chiefs, but we can move on to what's next um, unless you got anything else on those two. I would just say I think it's almost a product of the conference they're in too because you look at the rest of the AFC, especially this year. I mean, last year was super competitive too. The Bengals, where were the Bengals? Like the four or five seed going to the playoffs last year? And then they went to the Super Bowl, whatever they were. Uh, they weren't a top seed. So it's like there's a lot of competition in the AFC. So it's like you almost have to assume as good as the Chiefs are year in and year out that they're going to win that division. So you're looking at a wild card matchup for the Chargers um, if they have a good year. And some of that really does depend on like splitting with the Chiefs because I think they are better than the Raiders. They are better than the Broncos. Uh, I'm not going to stick on this topic too long, but I, I know I know there's been so much question about Herbert. Like is Herbert really that good because he hasn't won a playoff game yet or or whatever it is but i think he is legit i think he's the top five quarterback in my my opinion um that can easily be argued but in my opinion i think he's a top five quarterback um so yeah it's really tough to tell what's going on in la but for now it's the chief's division and they're not going to be stopped could agree more. Um, I don't necessarily think Herbert's the problem. I think there's plenty of other things uh, that are issues going on there. Um, and obviously they got to get fully healthy on the offensive side of the ball as well. Um, but nonetheless, uh, let's move on to, I want to talk about that uh, Packers Titans game. Um, I mean, to me, I think that's all she wrote for the Packers. Uh, they've got to the NFC is very much a division. They could sneak into the wild card. But starting with the Eagles this week, I mean, they're going to have to rattle off, what, seven straight wins, I think, to get into the wild card at this point. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all she wrote for the Packers. And on the flip side of that, the Titans continue to be one of the most well-coached teams. Like, I I don't know that my position 
or your position for that matter changes on whether or not they're fraudulent. Um, but the Packers Titans game was one of those where I thought it was the nail in the coffin for the Packers, where they look like they turned things around the second half against Dallas. And maybe that was the spark to kind of salvage the season and, you know, potentially even Rodgers using that to stamp his legacy in a very winnable NFC. Uh, Cause we're going to talk, um, transition into more here on the NFC and how if anyone has separated themselves, but uh, for you, is this, I, I think the nail in the coffin has been there for the Packers. I think this, they've been terrible. This seems like season over unless they rattle off seven straight, starting with Philly, which I, I don't know that that's doable. And then your thoughts on the Titans, are they still fraudulent for you? I think Vrabel's doing incredible. I know we give the Titans a hard time, but for what he's done the last three or four seasons, I mean, it's, you, you can't ask for more than that from a coach to, consistently win and dial up what he's done. Division's terrible, um, but he's doing it. He's taking advantage of his opportunities and schedule in front of him. And yeah, they're going to be fraudulent come playoff time. But, you know, if you're if you're a Titans fan, I mean, you're you're consistently in the playoff hunt. Um and having a shot at a conference championship over the last three or four years. So, you know, kudos to them. I don't know if you have any uh thoughts on those two teams, uh Rogers legacy um, any change on how you view the Titans this season? Well, to start with the Titans, no, I think I'm going to stick with what we've been saying mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks is that I really do b- believe that they're like a one-trick pony. And I know that pony is really strong, and he is in the name of Derrick Henry. So um, he is a, a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, we've seen it year in and year out. Like He's just an absolute monster. Um, but we've also seen kind of the wheels fall off as the season goes on. I mean, wear and tear on a running back is is worse than any other position in football. So he can only carry the team for so long. And we've seen the the steam kind of run out towards, um, towards playoffs in past years. So we'll see if that happens again. But I don't think their other weapons on the Titans are good enough for them to, to make a serious run come playoff time. I think they'll have a good seed. Uh, they're going to win that division, and, and they're going to get into the playoffs, so we'll see what happens. But uh, to discuss the Packers, I think week four, five, six-ish, we were kind of still like, you mm-hmm. know, Packers are winning this division. Do not panic. Um, Rodgers is at the helm. It's going to be all right. Like, this guy's two-time MVP last two years, um, or back-to-back, I should say. Um, they're, we thought that they were, you know, going to be the Packers that we've seen every year, and they've just mm-hmm. struggled. Uh, they really haven't got any better, uh, even after we, we thought they would, and, and that's all right. But they're just, yeah, I think it is the nail in the coffin. I think the Vikings are running away with this division. Um, I think there's too much craziness going on in the NFC to think that the Packers really have a shot at the wild card. I mean, NFC East in particular, the commanders are 6-5. and five. They're two games ahead of the Packers, even for a wild card spot, so... Um, you're kind of looking away from the Packers at this point. And uh, the NFC West is getting interesting as well with the Niners and the Seahawks. So I think similarly to the Packers, the Rams are kind of struggling as well, and and that's something we didn't really expect. But I know we're not on that yet. But as far as the Packers go, I do think that's it for them. And I don't think it really hurts Rodgers' legacy all that much. Uh, I think you still can't deny how good he is. I think he's top three most talented, not best but most talented pure talent quarterback of all time like i think he's absolutely ridiculous makes ridiculous throws um and he's just really dang good but i don't 
I don't think that's ever going to be denied based on his 2022, 2023 season. So, um, it definitely, it definitely doesn't look good for the Packers, but for him, I think he he'll be fine. I'm actually curious to see what happens at the end of the year. Like, does he mm-hmm. stick with them? Does he move on? Like as a Jets fan, I'd love to see him come over to the Jets for a year, make a run. Cause I think that team is ready to win. Um, does he try to find a win now team kind of like Brady did and, and uh, maybe try to get a ring ring or two. And I know that's a, a lot harder, you know, a lot easier said than done, but those, those are some moves that veteran players make towards the end of their career. So we'll see what happens there. But um, for this year, I think we can count the Packers out. Yeah. This whole season just feels like they got caught with their pants down. Um, that's what it comes down to um, at the end of the day. But um, yeah, it, Agreed with your thoughts there on the Titans. Um, I wanted to make sure you gave them a little bit of shout out because I think we've beat up on them as they've continued to rattle off some wins. Uh, but I do want to transition with your thought into the NFC because I think like we've 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 discussed how competitive the AFC is. A- AFC East is something we talked about quite a bit um, a couple weeks ago um, with it being one of the toughest divisions of football and. You know, you look at the Jets just completely dropped by the playoff race with that loss to the Pats, and they're sitting at six and four. By the way, uh, correction on the Packers there, they're four and seven. So, you know, rattling off six, um, not seven. Uh, still, nonetheless, it's going to be a tall task. But uh, AFC, um, Chiefs, Bills still think they're the top two teams, even though Miami has that top slot. We'll see uh, what happens the rest of the season. Extremely competitive. Let's talk about this wide open NFC um, because this NFC is you. Give me your thoughts on the Niners. Give me your thoughts on the Niners because I think you've got. Um, I, th- I think you've been sold on them a little bit. So why don't you why don't you uh, take the mic over here after that big dominant thirty eight to ten win over the Cardinals. Give me your thoughts on on the Niners and just where they sit in this playoff race and how competitive are they just from, um, I guess, a conference championship perspective. Yeah, so I I think I said it to you before the show. Right now, as of week going into week 12, I think my prediction um, can certainly change. But for now, it is that the Niners come out of the NFC. I think that they almost did it last year. We saw a very similar trajectory towards the end of the year where they kind of came into their own towards the end of the year and started to really push some teams to the limit. Uh, we see them, they beat the Rams three weeks ago, beat the chargers, then just beat up on the Cardinals pretty bad. The rest of their schedule is not terrible. Like they could easily win most of these games the rest of the year and put themselves in a good spot, um, to maybe have a home game or two in, in the playoffs. So, I think the Niners are legit. I do. I really do. I think Garoppolo has that team looking right. I think they're all really behind him. And we've seen that in the past. We know how much they like to play for this guy and with this guy. Uh, I forget who tweeted it out, but I'm not even going to go into that. It, just uh, all the players are you know, supporting their quarterback. And we said it early, early this year. I think we even said in the preseason, this team is ready to win now. Why are we transitioning to a Trey Lance project where we don't know if he's going to be the guy or if he's going to be good enough? We know Jimmy G got them there last year. Play Jimmy G, and we're seeing the same result this year. So I think they're going to make a run right now. Um, they do play the Dolphins and the Bucks back-to-back weeks, which, which is tough. 
But those will be good tests for them. They'll be good tests to see how legit this team is. But when it comes to the NFC, we've talked about, or I've even said time and time again, how weak I think this conference is compared to the AFC. I think the 49ers have a very legitimate shot to come out. And so does Vegas because Vegas has them as the number two team right now in the odds to come out of the NFC uh, and go to the Super Bowl behind the Eagles. So I'm not even that high in the Eagles anymore, to be totally honest. No, we're not talking about them yet, but I really like the 49ers. I like what they're doing. I like what I'm seeing. They have uh, so much explosiveness. I mean, Debo's a beast. McCaffrey's a beast. People don't realize how good Elijah Mitchell is. He is so efficient. Every time he gets the ball, he gets positive yards. Kittle is looking healthy. I mean, their whole offense looks great. Ayuk is coming into his own. They have just countless players. I mean, they can make some noise, and I think that they're legitimate. I think we have to watch out for them, and I think um, they have a real shot to go to the Super Bowl. And and I think you made a really good point, and I'm going to let you make it, why you think potentially an NFC team could win the Super Bowl, even though how good the AFC is. So I'll let you make that point because uh, I thought it was a really, really smart point. Yeah, this was actually first. Did you get the points you needed from Elijah Mitchell last night? Yeah, yeah. So Let's go. I, I won. Rob needed, would you need three and a half I points? Like three. Yeah. I needed, okay. I needed three and a half, I believe. Yeah, I was up 31 and Kelsey had 35. So I guess I needed four. And Elijah Mitchell had like 5.9 or something. But he's he's dang good, man. He, he'd be, a, I think he'd be a top 10 running back if he was on another team. Uh, or if he was, or if McCaffrey wasn't there, I think he's really good and he's really efficient. But beside the point, I'll let you jump into uh, why you think an NFC team could make a run. So, you know, the point of an NFC team being able to make make a run was made within con- context, right? And that context is that you, it's the AFC is a much more difficult conference, and the path to the Super Bowl. It goes through the probably the Chiefs. I think it's safe to say it goes through the Chiefs. I think until Allen and the Bills get over the hump, it goes through the Chiefs. Um, but basically, Chiefs and Bills is who it goes through. Um, more so the Chiefs. And we know as a whole that division is much more competitive. We saw the Bengals get, get over the hump last year and uh, get through uh, the Chiefs. But we know... Baltimore is really good. That that's a team we 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 haven't spent a ton of time on them this year. But we've I've said it almost every podcast. They're consistently getting better. They're figuring out some of their issues against these bad teams and getting more consistent. And even though they did not play well against the Panthers, um, they still were able to grind out a win. And let let me hit on this. Let me hit on DVOA real quick. So we know DVOA is is a metric probably one of the most common ones used to kind of see where a team sits, right? So we talk a lot about on here, some of the PFF grades of teams, the power rankings, et cetera, alongside DVOA, which is a football outsiders metric. Um, Baltimore is actually third in DVOA right now um, as, as a team. I think that's a dark horse in the AFC. And we've talked about them. If they get it together, figure out their fourth quarter issues, improve defensively. I think another interesting tweet uh, that I saw from Jeff, our guy over at Raven Up, was um, since week four, the Ravens' defense is giving up the third fewest yards per game, right? They looked horrendous, blowing a couple leads early in the season, um, namely that big one against Miami. You tell me if they rematch in the playoffs, you know, Miami and Baltimore, that it, th- there's a big difference between the two. I don't necessarily think there would be. 
I think they would potentially get him back because we saw him put a beat down another correcting a lot of their issues that they had. So I think Baltimore is an extremely dangerous team. The NFC doesn't have that. The NFC has a bunch of extremely mild, average, inconsistent teams. That's what the yeah. NFC has. Like you look at the four seed in the NFC and you're not that scared. You look at the four or five seeds in the AFC, you got Baltimore Buffalo. It is so much more difficult. But when you get to the Super Bowl, it's only one game. That's why I think the Niners, the Eagles, whoever comes out of that NFC, um, and yes, Tampa Bay, who I think is going to make a run. I've harped on them a lot. was severely wrong about Green Bay, but Tampa Bay's got it together. They're in one of the most pathetic divisions in the history of divisions, and they're probably going to make a bit of a run at the end of the season. And when they get into a wide open NFC, what's going to happen? They're probably going to win a game or two. They get some momentum and we see a run similar to 2020. That wouldn't be surprising. They don't have much to go through. And then you get to the Super Bowl, it's one game. That's why I can see it very likely that an NFC team is your Super Bowl champion. And to an extent, I think we saw that happen last year with the Rams. There wasn't a clear cut team that was a tier above. And the Rams got hot at the right time. They beat the team that had gotten hot the year before them in Tampa Bay and made a Super Bowl run. The NFC, just it's just a week. Like You get hot at the end of the season, and you make a bit of a run, and you upset whoever's in the Super Bowl. You know that, That's what it comes down to. And, and that was kind of the context of take there is that no matter how bad the NFC is, it's highly likely they have – you know, one of these teams are the Super Bowl winner because it just comes down to 1v1 matchup. And I think yeah. that's we've spent so much time. That's obvious, but we spent so much time harping on the AFC that, you know, one of these three or four teams in the NFC is going to make a run. AFC, it's there's like six of them. You know, NFC, it's I, right. I mean, who is it for you? G- give me your thoughts on on the Eagles in these last couple minutes, because you mentioned that you're not so high on them anymore. Give me that debate on, on Niners versus Eagles. I'm still a little higher on the Eagles than you. I, I would say much higher on the Eagles. I, I think they've finally come down to earth a little bit. They'll figure it out and be fine. Um, I've still got the Eagles over the Niners right now, uh, personally. Um, but why have you regressed on them? Do you have the Niners over them? Give me that. Yeah, I just struggle so much with the strength of the schedule thing. I think the Eagles are yeah, good. I, I just like I struggle so much with it. They had the second easiest schedule coming into the year. Uh, that's why I don't think the Giants are very good either. Um, and I don't like it's just, gosh, I don't know it. I I like the Niners. I just like what I saw last year. I like how the season ended, and I think it's a very similar situation to this year. Um, seeding will have a big factor in it, though. If the Eagles are the one seed and they get all all home playoff games, I think that's a big deal because they do have a lot of home field home field advantage. So, I mean, it's kind of just like a gut feeling at this point. I, I I think the sample size is small. I need to see more from the Niners. I see more consistency, even though they've been pretty consistent uh, the last couple of weeks. I think once I see them play the Dolphins, once I see them play the Bucks, I think I'll have a better understanding. But Mm-hmm. Just like a gut reaction. Like, I, I think so often we see a team that dominated all year get picked off in the playoffs or uh, just in professional sports in general. So, that's, I, I don't want to put too much stock into saying that the Eagles are going to get picked off, but 
I just well, have like me, a weird feeling. I don't know. Let me add this because to to your point, your your argument is actually similar to what I was making with Baltimore a few weeks ago. Is if they can get consistent. So yeah. I, you know, if they figure that out, my, my issue is Jimmy Garoppolo. I, watching Jimmy Garoppolo, like when you watch him, you you go, how does he keep winning? Like yeah. that that's that's all I think is it's the more I watch Garoppolo, the more I'm amazed at his winning record. Because he's just, I just still think he's that talented, but Shanahan continues to scheme things up. He plays within the scheme and they just win. He just leaves and they just win at the at the end of the day. Um, and I think that's interesting. So, so, but the argument you're making there is, is similar to what I was making with Baltimore. So I see where you're coming from. Um, I'll, I'll leave with this. Baltimore figured out their consistency. We, so we talked about DVOA. Baltimore is third in total DVOA right now. Um, but then something else that's interesting is uh, variance. And variance is where they... Um, they their DVOA ranks on a weekly basis. So basically, how consistent are they? So number one is the most consistent. So uh, whereas 32 is the least consistent, meaning you'd be really good, really bad. Baltimore is six in weekly variance, meaning they're third overall in DVOA, six in variance. That's really, really good. They're really good and really consistent. They figured out some of their fourth quarter issues. That's what's going to make them lethal for the rest of the season to be able to make a run so long as they can stay healthy, which is always an issue for them. San Francisco, six in DVOA. We know they're really good. We know how Vegas really values them. They're strong on the interior. Garoppolo is really the only blip on the radar for them and, and how consistent he can be come playoff time. We know they can get to a conference championship. They uh, did it last year. When it comes to variance, they're next to last. The 31st in variance. So that just adds confirmation to your point. They got to be consistent. Consistency, consistency. If the Niners can get consistent in the second half of the season, there's a lot of football left to play. And if yep. they can take that to, you know, middle of the pack and be more consistent and play to the level that we know they, they can play play to their talent, then yeah, they're they're basically Baltimore with a much easier path to the Super Bowl at the end of the day. You know, way easier path. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, I think the Niners are, are certainly good. But I've still got the Eagles over them. Um, I'm going to let you close out the show, giving your thoughts on Dallas. Uh, I I thought they would go in and beat Minnesota after that letdown game in Minnesota, having a high against Buffalo. Outside of that, I was shocked that Minnesota just straight up didn't show up. But Dallas on the rise right now, looking strong. They're consistently an organization that lets you down when they get to the playoffs. You know, it's permeated the Chargers to fall short and be little brother and never get out of the hump to even get in on a consistent basis. Whereas Dallas is a town, it's a fairly well run organization from a talent standpoint. They develop talent, they're good, they're solid, they're second DVOA, they're one of the they're top five on PFS power rankings, et cetera. Um, close out the show. Give me your thoughts on Dallas. What are they going to do? Where do they fit into that Philly Niners discussion? Or are they kind of outside looking in and they'll kind of do what they've done historically over the last couple of decades towards the end of the season? I think they won't. I have okay. a bold prediction that the Dallas Cowboys, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks left. I think they win out or they go six and one to finish the year. Um, I think their schedule is really favorable right now. They got the Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, which I think are four wins for them. Then they got uh, the Eagles, which I think they lost to the Eagles early on. I think they could pick them off here. I think that that game is in Dallas. And then they got Titans, Commander. So 
Um, we'll really see. I think it's a good test for us as well to see how intelligent our analysis is because once they get to that Titans game, the Titans should have already locked up that division, already locked up a playoff spot, and it'll be kind of a, a, a playoff preview. So we will see. Um, but I, I do like the Cowboys. I think when you we look at the the, the Cowboys versus the Vikings, um, we were really positive about the Vikings last week. Um, mm-hmm. Where they they we they impressed us the week before uh, against the Bills and and I think any team that beats the Bills for us is like a big accomplishment uh, because of how how highly we regard the Bills. But uh, Cowboys absolutely dominated them, and that's what's scary about this team is is when they're on, they are on. And we've talked so much about the running back situation in Dallas, and I think Tony Pollard absolutely opens up the field because Zeke at this point is just a bruiser. He runs right down the middle. Uh, he's not as shifty as he once was. Um, mm-hmm. And Tony Pollard just absolutely opens up the field. So I think they need to incorporate him more because they've seen what he can do in the games that he's gotten a heavier workload. Um, that's my biggest point on Dallas. I think their defense is really good. Micah Parson leading the uh, leading that defense. They're legitimate defense. That offense, if they stay consistent, which I think they do, and if they stay healthy. We've seen them struggle with injury in the past, particularly Dak. Uh, if Dak can stay healthy, that's what the Cowboys season rides on. And I, I think that's um, that's going to be it for them this year. I, I think they have a legitimate shot to win out or go 6-1 and one or, or worst-case scenario, 5-2, and two and potentially win the division based on how the Eagles uh, pan out the rest of the year. Uh, we did predict that the Eagles were going to lose about three or four games, so that would be around, around this point of the year. So if that mm-hmm. happens and if Dallas wins out, we could see some changes in the standing. So it'll be, I think, I honestly think this Thanksgiving slate is really fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have potentially a shootout with the Bills and the Lions. I think the Bills are going to win, but I think it could be a high scoring game. Uh, Giants, Cowboys, I think Giants fans are going to see a rude awakening, um, but we we never know because these division games can go either way. And uh, if the Giants are good, they're going to show up. And if they're not, which we've kind of predicted, or they're not as good as we as people might think, I think the Cowboys could absolutely bury them um, on Thursday. And then the night game, I think, is Patriots-Vikings. So that's another interesting game because the Patriots are on the up the uptrend and the Vikings just came off a huge loss. So see if they can bounce back and see if the Patriots can keep it up. So I'm really excited for this week. I think it's going to be a really fun Thursday. Uh, I'll kind of round that out with my last thoughts and and put it back to you. No, man, I thought that was great. I think Dallas can absolutely be uh, scary. That defense is nasty, number two in DVOA, um, one of the top overall graded defenses. Dak is finally getting healthy. Pollard's number four overall graded running back, 100%. He's better than Zeke. Zeke is at at least uh, graded out in the top 20 overall, but Pollard is explosive, fun to watch. If Dallas can get consistent offensively, it's not defense that's the problem anymore. It's offense that's the problem. They've got to figure some things out and get consistent or remain consistent with the things that they have figured out since Dak's gotten healthy. Uh, they could absolutely be scary. Uh, I've been scarred too many times as a Dallas fan, so i got to see them do it uh, to actually believe it, almost like some of, some of these teams we talked about. But uh, there's a lot of teams we didn't get to talk about here today, Rob. Um, I mean, this season's like there's, there's a lot to break down and cover. And uh, I feel like we barely scratch the surface. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to call that a show today. I appreciate you hopping on here, man. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch uh, this wide open at NFC and how it shapes out towards the back half of the season. And keep your eyes on Baltimore. I'm really interested to see what they do. Uh, 
uh, throughout this season? And if they are sitting there at a three, four seed uh, by season's end, what do they do um, in just with one opportunity in one game come playoff time? Cause that's all you need. And my final point is don't judge a team based off of one game. I think that's one thing we've seen over the last couple of weeks is don't make a decision or formulate an opinion on a team based off of one or two games. Don't have Minnesota number one in your power rankings, PFT or whoever, whoever was <laughs> doing that. Like it's just yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't evaluate a team based off of one game. You know, don't think the, uh, even us, don't think the Packers have suddenly figured it out based off of one good quarter, right? There's a lot of football left to be played. Take into context what's happened throughout the course of the season, and that's going to give you a better gauge on where these teams sit. But, Rob, it's been a pleasure as always. You know where you can find him, at Rob McW 24 Check out his appearance on the Jet Up podcast. That was a great listen. I'll link it in the show notes. You can find me at Cody Ingle. And, of course, find us at rosterupmedia.com, at rosterupmedia on all social handles. Rob, have a good Thanksgiving, man. Enjoy some cranberry sauce. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> Don't eat the stuffing. No, no, no stuffing.